you're fine. <coughs> Hello, Nameless. How are you, bro? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, cough it out. Cough it out. You know what they say? <laughs> they say the more you cough when you smoke, the more you cough, the higher you get. I don't know. Maybe that's a, just a high school saying, but there's some truth to it. How you been, bro? It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good. It's really good to be back. It's always a pleasure. I think it's a special time for both of us every week, sitting down and just talking about this. Yeah, and today is actually a special Sunday because I started that experiment that we've been talking about with the lion's mane and the psychedelic mushrooms. We'll get into that eventually. Yeah. That's that's for another another deep dive. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> the more you cough, the higher you get. Um, I'm just trying to. Um, so just from personal experience, that is the case. But just thinking about the correlation between the two, like what's the what could be the science behind? I think just when you cough, just means you inhaled more than you could take, which just translates into coughing, but also you just smoke way too much. <laughs> It's almost like you could say that the limit to how high you can get is how much coughing you get to do. Just <laughs> That's one way to look at it, I guess. Um, I heard the theory that, you know, if you're filling your lungs, no matter how, how much you inhale, as long as there's more oxygen than smoke, then you're not going to cough. Right. So make sure you take in enough air. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what the correlation would be uh, as far as how high you get. Because obviously, if all you take in is smoke and just as little air as possible, you're going to be higher. That's, that's what it comes down to, right? <laughs> I think there are two factors. You have lung capacity and you have burn burn which is the the temperature of the vapor of or the smoke that's entering your lungs that's why like bigger bongs are usually smoother um, beside more water you have more um more transfer of heat that 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 happens when the vapor goes through the bong pipes and so by the time it hits your mouth or, or hits your mouth and lungs it's cool enough that your lungs are not going to be, they're not going to feel the burn. Or actually, it's just not not just your lungs, but the whole respiratory system, starting from from your um, breathing tube, I guess. So yeah, these are the two reasons why coughing happens. Less oxygen and higher burn. So the question becomes, can you smoke without coughing? So that's when that's when I tell you the story of how I learned how to vaporize really well. When I, when I realized that if I'm smoking or vaping and then I, I, I stop myself to process the vapor and then exhale, then what happens is it's almost like I interrupt my breathing cycle and my lungs get in overdrive and try to reject the vapor that I, that I just inhaled with very little oxygen. It's kind of like if you're, if you're in, a, in a smoky house or whatever, or like a smoky lounge, you just start coughing because there isn't enough oxygen. Your your lungs' reaction to that is, you know, like asking for more oxygen by coughing, or trying to unblock the the lungs uh, so that you get more oxygen. <clears throat> Does that make sense so far? 
Yeah, so far, um, yeah, I think it does. Obviously, you're, you know, a lot more science about this whole thing. I just said that because I heard a smoker say it once, and I kind of put it to test myself when I was smoking. Uh, tried to inhale more oxygen and see if I wouldn't cough as much, and it was actually true. Um, I do agree a hundred percent when it comes to lung capacity because like somebody might be able to take a huge bong grip and someone else is gonna you know is gonna feel like he's gonna die like gonna cough his heart out and lung capacity i guess uh builds over time if you're used to ripping bongs like for example, I only smoke joints. Like I have to take the smoke inside my mouth first, take the joint away from my lips before inhaling smoke. I can't inhale directly to my lungs, which means even bong grips or dabs, they they are not pleasurable for me, you know, to a point because I lack the lung capacity, but I can totally see how that is the main consumption method for so many stoners out there. I used to enjoy bong grips. I used to have a bong that was like two and a half feet. Her name was Michelle. <laughs> uh, Michelle broke in like 2009 or some shit. Was broke her last name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michelle broke. This yeah. is the bong. <laughs> yeah, Michelle broke. <laughs> yeah, lung capacity has a lot to do with the way you want to consume your cannabis, whether you're vaporizing, hitting bongs, or smoking, or you know, and I think it it really comes down to personal preference. I mean, you probably, like I said, you know a lot more science than I do about this. And all I know is uh, when I inhale directly to my lungs, I feel like I do get higher. The tune sensation does hit me faster, and I feel like it's more... Like it's more potent, it's stronger to uh, an extent, but at the same time, m my lungs feel like you know they're gonna collapse. Like you know, I'm out of breath. My my eyes start watering. You know, I don't feel in control, and I don't like that feeling. That's probably one of the main reasons why I'm not a dabbing person. Like. I'd rather just smoke a giant or vaporize. Um, and like I said, it all comes down to personal preference to each their own. Knowing you, you're, you're a big vaping guy. And yeah, I'd like you to teach us more about vaporizing that injector vape that I saw you using the other day. I've never even heard the term injector vape until mm -hmm. I met you. I didn't know what those are. Right. We'll get to vaporizers in, in, in a second because I think that's, that's a very good uh, uh, segue. Um, 
So on, on lung capacity, I think the lung capacity is important, but it's not as important as how much oxygen is mixed with what you're inhaling. And so what happens is, because I mentioned two things, you have lack of oxygen or burn, both of them cause coughing. But then if you combine both of them, which is, <clears throat> which is what smoking from bong, which is like really, really high uh, concentration and a lot of vapor in a very short amount of time. So you're depriving yourself from oxygen, but you're also reducing the burn because of percolation that happens by mixing water and, and vapor. So kind of like bong grips do that. Bong grips have... They they uh, they uh, basically suffocate you, and that's why coughing happens. But they don't suffocate you because it's it it burns. If you're if you're smoking a joint or uh, you you hit a dry bong, what happens is you're hitting a high temperature, and that's why that like almost infinite cough that happens when someone um, rips a bong really really hard, uh, and the water doesn't get enough uh, or the vapor doesn't get circulated enough in the water because so the vapor is basically super warm by the time it hits your lungs and so that scars your lungs so the coughing that happens as a result of bone grips is just that it's like your lung is getting scarred and almost bleeding <laughs> and scream, just, screaming for help <laughs> let me just make sure you're talking about the right bone grips you're talking you, you keep saying vapor but it's actually smoke Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Smoke vapor. So, all right. This is this is a very important. Uh, yeah, there's uh, a clear difference. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because uh, normal bongs, when you basically light up a fire, the fire is I don't know, like a thousand degrees, or puts the puts the substance or cannabis at thousand degrees uh, Fahrenheit, and then by the time they hit the water at room temperature, they get uh, they circulate in the water, and then you hit that vapor, which is slightly cooler. But it's not that much cooler than, um, let's say, like 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Which, if you combine 400 degrees or 410 with water, which you could achieve by, let's say, if you have a volcano and you, or any desktop vaporizer, and you, or actually any vaporizer, and then you hook it to, to, a, to a water pipe, then you take that 400 or 410 degree um, vapor and you cool it down. And that's why vaporizer rips are way smoother than than uh, normal bong fire rips. So yeah, I was talking mostly about um, bong rips using fire and not vaporizers because I yeah. haven't spoke. Come I haven't talked about vaporizers just yet. <laughs> so yes, I was speaking mostly about combustion. So one thing that we mentioned in in last episode was um, cannabinoids and terpenes. And it's worth mentioning that every single one of those cannabinoids and terpenes has a boiling point. And so if you take um, THC, for example, um, it is a boiling, uh, boiling uh, cannabinoid and uh, terpene chart. Uh, I'll pull one out. All right, so there are a bunch of these charts online. Uh, I can just search for boiling temperature cannabinoids and terpenes. And you could see, for instance, that uh, THCA is burning or a vaporizing temperature is 100 degrees uh, Celsius or 248 Fahrenheit. Um, CBDA is 266 Fahrenheit and so on and so forth. And then you have uh, THC, which is delta 9 THC, not THCA, at 347 degrees Fahrenheit. And then you have a bunch of um, bunch of things uh, that I'll get to in a second. So basically, what this means is every single one of these molecules has a temperature um, 
after which it, it completely evaporates and after which it starts to evaporate. And so if you take, if you just extract delta nine, delta eight THC, which is the psychoactive uh, compound, then the boiling temperature is uh, 351. But it starts to evaporate at 347. So there is a small difference of four degrees, so it doesn't matter. So let's say THC evaporates at 350, which is just to make it simple. You could uh, vaporize cannabis, the flower, below 350 degrees, and basically get all the, um, all the benefits from the non-psychoactive compounds. Basically, all the compounds that uh, vaporize below THC's boiling point. So to recap, you could take a vaporizer, set it at below 350 degrees per night, and only vaporize stuff that is completely non-psychoactive because the first psychoactive component that, that, uh, that starts here is uh, vaporized at 350 degrees. Nice. So someone who's trying to vaporize cannabis without necessarily feeling right. tuned, yeah. they could just do that? Yes. And so if you take, for example, um, uh, well, actually, sorry, I have to correct myself quickly. Uh, Delta-9 THC is the psychoactive one and uh, boils at 315 Fahrenheit, not 350, as I said before. Um, Delta-8 THC boils higher than Delta-9 THC. So basically, if you vaporize below 315 Fahrenheit, then you get a bunch of uh, cannabinoids and, and terpenes below that point, right? So caryophyllene, for example, or pinene, they all boil below 315 degree uh, Fahrenheit. But then if you're targeting myrcene, myrcene is above delta-9 THC's boiling point at 315 Fahrenheit. Myrcene is at 335 or 334. So practically, it means you cannot extract myrcene by vaporizing unless you go above the THC or above delta-9 THC's boiling point. Which, I guess, makes sense. It sounds like to be able to get the, well, for me, myrcene and Different THC cannabinoids are really what feel medical. Right. Um, so I guess to be able to feel those, I would not be able to vaporize at low temperatures. It has to be right. higher every time. I mean, would that suggest why I prefer smoking to vaporizing? That is, that is correct. Um, the, the reason why is because all the components that have any, <clears throat> any perceived benefit, um, you know, because like once, once you get exposed to THC, you can't say like, oh, you feel nothing. You will feel euphoric. You feel, you feel different than, than your, your default state. And so if you vaporize below that, there is absolutely nothing that you or I don't know if it absolutely, but there isn't much that you can that you can perceive. And so the higher the temperature, the more extraction you're gonna have from the plant. But then also the more cannabinoids you could start to um, to benefit from, 
or to vaporize, which would translate into actually getting them. And so if you look at CBD, for example, CBD vaporizes at 356. Anything that Vaporize, wait, boils. Or Let's... yeah, it boils at 356, yeah. Yeah, yeah because, because it starts to vaporize term... below, yeah. Yeah, that term, boils, like, I know you're way more familiar with chemistry of all this. Like, I never even referred to it like that, or I didn't even know what the term would be to say that something is, you know, act being actively, uh, I guess, actively activated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, because they say to activate um, THCA in edibles, you need to uh, decarb your weed at a temperature of 200 Fahrenheit for like 40 minutes. I'm not sure what activating actually refers to but the the word boils um i wasn't aware of that and this is something that i gotta look more into because i i wasn't sure at what levels which cannabinoids or whatever was actually consumed um but i did not know certain terpenes are higher than others like uh, I thought once you start uh, boiling terpenes, once you start tasting them, everything would get boiled, I guess, at the same temperature. But you're saying it's all different de depending on cannabinoids and terpenes. Um, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Um, sorry, I just had to uh, point that out. Yeah, no, it's a very good, very good addition. And so the way I, th I would think about cannabis, the plant is, um, it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum and every, every point is, uh, is a number and the number between know, zero and 2000, let's say. And those numbers, each one refers to a cannabinoid and a terpene, right? So every one, every single one of those cannabinoids and terpenes has a boiling point, which you can represent in that axis. And you would start with, let's say, I don't know, maybe pinene. Pinene vaporizes or boils at 311 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, does that mean that you won't be able to extract pinene below that? Uh, well, you could extract pinene below that, but the problem is pinene is inside the plant that is, and it's not, as a molecule, it's not going to be like at the surface, which means that if you want to vaporize the plant, you basically have to vaporize all the layers of the plant to get to all the layers of pinene, right? Hmm. Because yeah. like, so, so although the, the plant is actually on an axis, like could be represented on an axis of cannabinoids and terpenes and axis of temperature, it's also a bunch of layers of these cannabinoids and terpenes as just molecular representations in the spectrum. Yeah. And so if you, take the, if you take the plant and dissect it, and zoom in at the microscopic level, you will find pockets in, in this case. It's almost like a ball inside a ball. And so to get access to the inside ball, you have to peel the layer of the outside ball, which is hitting the plant with a much higher temperature to get inside the, the other one. Anyways, so this is just at the microscopic level. But the point is, if you want to hit CBD, you got to go at 356 or above. If you want to hit CBC, you got to you got to go at 3 uh, at 428 or above and so on and so forth. 
um, and cannabis starts to combust at like above 450 maybe. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of just the overall idea. And the, in conclusion, you cannot get to a cannabinoid uh, or to extract a cannabinoid completely without hitting the temperature slightly above that. Which is, what is the number of that temperature? Well, the number depends on the cannabinoid or terpene that you want to hit. But So the problem becomes, once you are at, let's say, 465, which is allegedly the uh, when cannabis starts to combust, um, what that means is anything that's below is acceptable as, as being, uh, being classified as vapor. Anything above that is combustion. Now, I don't know how every single person defines combustion. I think if you really want to define combustion, you could define it as that's the temperature after which uh, benzene starts to evaporate, right? Which I think is, uh, let's see if this exists somewhere here. Benzene at 400 degrees. So yeah, I mean, at basically starting at 400 Further than one Fahrenheit benzene, start, uh, that's the boiling point of benzene, which means that uh, anything above that is starting to be mixed with benzene. So that means, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be just combustion. It just means there's going to be vapor mixed with combustion. Now, is all combustion bad? I don't know. I think that's that's a personal personal thing. <laughs> uh, personally, I I did my own experimentation and found that it's actually beneficial to go much higher than what most vaporizers can achieve. And I'll get to why in a second. But then I want to maximize extraction of everything. Because initially when I started using cannabis, it was mostly, uh, I would say, uh, I would use vaporizers and um, I wouldn't try to go at high temperatures. You know, it's almost like I was scared of hitting, <clears throat> of hitting a much higher temperature or something like more than 380. One, because I was like, well, uh, if I hit lower, I'm just going to have more sessions. So my plant or my flower is going to last longer, <laughs> which is, you know, it's just fair. Uh, the second reason is, well, I quit smoking a long time ago and I really don't want to go back to smoking. And if I hit, start to combust, well, might as well just go back to smoking, right? And that's the, the, the second reason, the, 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 because, because I wanted to escape, well, whatever would be a cancerogenic um, substance, which, is, which I think benzene is. And so for all these reasons, I kind of uh, always, oh, the third one is whenever I go at super high temperatures, I get just super high and I fucking hate that. You know, like I, I think we spoke about this before. Like I don't want the weed sensation that couch locks me. I'm always chasing chasing the weed sensation that's more meditative. That's more like, can I, you know, can I can I sit for half an hour and meditate on this problem or think through this thing using cannabis as a facilitator? At the end of the day, that's how I that's how I use cannabis. So for those reasons, I found that if I go above 30, uh, 390 or four hundred. I would just get extremely stoned, and the effect that I'm uh, desiring to achieve is not is not achieved. Which means this, I would rather just not not use cannabis at all. Now, one thing changed. I discovered THCV, 
and uh, and the uh, boiling temperature for THCV is four hundred and twenty-eight, <clears throat> right? And uh, CBG as well, and CBG is around around that. Well, CBG is actually debated. Some some say it boils at much much lower temperatures. Others say it boils at much higher temperatures. That I know the jury is still still out on that. So if you if you go online and try to find boiling temperature for CBG, you'll find all sorts of mixed information. If there's anyone that knows a lab or researching this exact topic, please reach out to us. We'd love to learn more. So THCV and, C and CBG both have a much higher boiling point than benzene, which is 401 Fahrenheit. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to figure out how to get to maximum extraction without burning the plant because I, I really just hate smoke you know the, the taste of smoke the smell of smoke it just it's just not not appealing so if i can if i can uh escape that that would be that would be better and so i went on on the hunt for the best vaporizer to get to maximum extraction and um what did i okay so in terms of vaporizers i tried pax which is a flower vaporizer you could grind your flower put it there and vaporize and it's it's great but i think i mean it caps at some temperature because it's otherwise it would get super hot and melt the whole thing uh so i tried pax it wasn't it wasn't that bad uh pax is actually what introduced me to uh to cannabis or vaporizing cannabis as as a flower so as as a as an entry device that was probably the best decision that i've ever made and i combined pax with these bud these things called bud cups i think bud cups are amazing if you want to um just on the go switch different different ovens you know so instead of instead of filling the oven and then vaporizing and having to clean it and refilling again like you can just do it uh on the go using these capsules the problem is with the capsule it dissipates temperature so you don't get uh maximum extraction even at maximum temperatures um anyway so after packs i tried this thing called the crafty plus which is by this company called stores and bickle crafty plus is how can I put it? It's pretty inter interestingly dangerous because <clears throat> it just makes uh, vaporizing an easy thing to do. You know, it just like almost makes it very accessible to the point where there isn't, I, I don't know, it just loses, loses its fun and it's, not, it's no longer something that you deserve or you work to do. It's, it's, it's almost like something that's like, it's just sitting there, you know, and you charge your crafty device or mighty, which is its bigger brother with double batteries, and you just vaporize wherever you are. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. I'm not going to. So it's a portable device? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Now, how much can you vaporize at once? How much flour does it take? It takes, I would say it's a 0 0.1 gram oven. 0 0.1 gram. Okay. Or maybe uh, zero, sorry, actually it would be 0 0.3, I think. That's automatically uh, a great way to save on bud, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. When when I roll my joints, my joints are like anywhere from 0. 0.7 to 1 gram. Um, I'll be honest, I burn a lot of weed. Uh, so if you only need... Uh, 0 0.05 or 0 0.1 to take a nice hit and feel it and taste the terpenes and hit 
all the cannabinoids that you want to hit, then why the hell not? Why wouldn't you be doing it all the time? You know, but like I, uh, I'm going to go back to just to each their own, you know, it's all personal preference. Uh, there's no one way to do it all. There's going to be people who prefer vaporizing to smoking um, for different reasons. But now we we are finding out the science of all of it. Uh, yeah, it, it really comes down to personal preference. But these facts that you're explaining now might sway certain people to start vaporizing more than smoking, for example, or right. vice versa. Right. So, um, that is, that's a, that's a very, um, it's a very interesting point. Cause I, I, I didn't think that this would sway anyone to do anything. I'm just, I'm just kind of going through my personal experience and discoveries. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is it's a good point. I guess like for people that are, that are listening and getting ideas from us, you just have to make sure that Take this with a grain of salt. This is our personal experiences. This is not medical advice. This is not encouraging anyone to do anything. Please read our show disclaimer in the show notes and be responsible adults. Um, back to terpenes and boiling points and the crafty and mighty devices. So those are really on the go vaporizers. And that's why I said like it just makes the whole process very easy. And it's almost like, oh, yeah, I'm just like doing my whatever and i'm gonna take uh, one minute outside and go vaporize and doesn't leave a smell it's perfectly i don't know it's just like the perfect perfect device it's the perfect device if you really want to get into understanding cannabis and flower and all these things now going back to my experience with that i was like let's let's actually upgrade the crafty and get a volcano so basically, Volcano is the best and the brightest when it comes to cannabis extraction. It's a medical device. Um, it's used in a lot of clinical trials that have to do with cannabis. It's used for cannabis therapy, yada, yada. Um, anyways, it's, a, it's an amazing product. And it's efficient. It's very, very easy on the lungs. The extraction is perfect. But it caps at 431 degrees. Um, I have my volcano is, is amazing, but it caps at 431 degrees. Again, I thought I would never want to go above 431 degrees. But experience wise, time and again, whenever I hit for the, for the max on, on the volcano, I am completely stoned. You know, like it's almost like it doesn't matter how much flour you use. You know, there is a, there is an the, the maximum oven. I think it's zero point six grams. There is an oven reducer that reduces it to the size of mighty crafty. But it's just, it's just not, not, not perfect for what I wanted. Because I wanted to see what vaporizing above four hundred and thirty-one is, because I I was thinking like, well. You can't just say that all cannabinoids and all terpenes boil below combustion. You know, like what if there is there are compounds that uh, that vaporize above combustion point, and kind of like that's also how I found out about TSCV and CBG. And I was like, okay, well maybe combustion is actually not a net negative, or at least let's assume or hypothesize that combustion is not a net negative, and go figure out. Um, how can you get above those 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 temperatures and see what you have? 
And so I went down this weird rabbit hole for a couple months. And, and then I found uh, about injector ball vapes. So injector ball vapes were developed, I think, as a DIY thing in the can cannabis community over the past couple of years. And the principle is simple. Uh, you heat up uh, a rod, and at the end of that rod, there are a bunch of small balls, and uh, and air goes through those small balls when you when you inhale through a bong, and that uh, basically pushes the the heat down the cannabis plant down the water rig. Right? It's it's an ingenious device. Like I saw it and I was like, oh my god, this is this is what a super tuned person would create to for maximum extraction of cannabis. <laughs> Hmm. You know, it's, it's not actual combustion. I'm trying to imagine exactly what happens with this device. First of all, you you started by saying it developed as like a DIY thing, and right. this, did people just one day try it and they figured out, oh, this is really cool, so it's gonna become a thing. Like, I did. Did a stoner just, you know, want to, to try different ways of, I don't know. That's a what, very good question. I'll tell you the backstory to, uh, well, not to injector vapes, but to vaporizers in the cannabis industry overall. There is, there is a very funny backstory. Basically, it starts with understanding that if you go below a certain temperature, you don't risk actually combusting the flower, which means that you could extract a lot of vapor and whatever from the plant before it reaches that burn temperature and basically just to prevent that, that uh, very bad burn taste. And so the initial designs were just conduction-based. So when it comes to vaporizers, there is conduction, there is convection. Conduction is that the plant needs to be touching an, an oven in order to vaporize. And so the oven's mission is to get uh, hot enough for that plant to actually start to get to that temperature. Right, so if you visualize, you put the cannabis plant in in a, in a small oven, and that oven reaches 430 degrees, uh, the cannabis plant is going to slowly reach that 430 degrees. That's how ovens work, and so that's the conduction vaporizers and how they work. So PAX three is a conduction uh, vaporizer, for example. Um, the mighty the volcano well depends on on uh, well volcano is actually just uh, just convection. And so convection is practically just pulling air from a vent, heating it up to a certain temperature, and basically that air would go through the plant and just extracts all the all the molecules by uh, boiling them or by vaporizing them. Right. So basically, that's the how, how the volcano as a vaporizer is designed. You have a fan, and you have you have a, you have a heating element that goes like super hot, very fast. And then when that fan starts to circulate with uh, and pushes air through that uh, through that heating element, the air becomes hot. And so the idea is, how can you get that air hot enough to uh, burn the or to to actually go through the plant and extract as maximum as as much as possible from it, right? Now, here's the problem. Here's the the actual product design problem. The product design problem is following. Once you get above 431 or 450, whatever, like let's say in the 400s, it starts to become very, very hard to manage the heating element leaking outside, which means if the volcano were to vaporize above 431 degrees, 
it's probably going to burn your house. <laughs> right? Because you can't really create any insulation between a volcano or any desktop vaporizer that doesn't really leak into the outside world while keeping it manageable. You know, we just, as humans, we just don't have that kind of material. We don't have that kind of insulation or... At least we can't produce it for 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 reasonable amounts. We can't. We don't have that insulation that would insulate an, a heating element that goes to a thousand degrees Fahrenheit from the outside world. Which means that uh, a portable device that extracts cannabis at above four hundred and thirty degrees maximum is is not going to happen because that device will eventually burn through your pocket and and burn you. Mm. <laughs> right. So, so that's why. These vaporizers can are really really capped to a certain temperature, and can't really go beyond it. It's just a physics problem. It's a it's a material uh, science problem. Mm. Now, enter injector vapes. Injector vapes. What they did were kind of reversing the. Well, first of all, they are just desktop only. Second, they were they started as a bunch of people realizing that. They wanted to extract as much as possible for, for dabbing. Wait, wait, wait. Let me go back. Let me ask you. You said they're, they're desktop only. You mean you cannot have a portable injector vape? No. Because no. of the way it operates, I guess? Right. And so the injector vape is, think of it as three um, of four, uh, four components. So you have the bong. The bong, any, any bong will work. Um, you have the, um, when you say bong, you, you're talking about the actual, uh, bank, the actual bowl that fills with the flower. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about the actual water, water pipe. Okay. Right. Um, so the water pipe is what I'm referring to when I say, when I say bong in this, in this context. Okay. And just to get a clear idea, an injector vape does have water and it looks kind of like a small mini bong? No. So the injector vape itself, let me actually share my screen. I'll provide a link to this page. All right. So you have, uh, so this thing is called the flower pod. They come in um, B0, B1, and B2. Um, we'll get to those things in a second, but they started with the B2, uh, or I think they started with, well, they started with a, with a, a, a previous device called the Flower, well, they, they actually just called it Flower Pot, and it was a dabbing, uh, a dabbing device. And so the idea is, can you get the dab rig to, this, to the exact temperature you want to get it to, right? And so if you put your, your resin or rosin or sauce or whatever um, into, into a dab rig and you heat it with a torch, you always risk going way above 750 degrees and you would risk to, to actually burn your material and just like the experience is just going to be nasty. I'm not sure if you've ever tried dabbing, but oh God, like if you, if you burn your dab, man, <laughs> you know, it's like ripping your bong has a completely different meaning at that time. It becomes rest in peace. Um, but that's, that's the problem that this, this, this thing um, or this, the injector vapes try to, uh, to fix first is to how, how can you get to the precise vaping uh, temperature to extract maximum uh, as, as much as possible from your, uh, from your dab. And so they created uh, 
these these devices. And so the, the idea is you have a head, you know, like can you see the head here? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm trying to follow, follow your cursor. Just select them, select the one you're talking about. Yeah, I see right. it. So this is this is the head, and if you if you see here inside the head, you have a bunch of balls, right? And so these balls basically just circulate the air and make the extraction uh, fast and smooth and more even, and they push the air through the device, which you would put on top of a bunk. Mm. So you would put the head inside uh, inside this thing, the injector glass ball, right? Right, uh, which you you would put into your into your uh, water pipe, and then so that's on on the one hand. On the other hand, you have the the head, the injector head that hooks onto this PID controller. So what this PID controller does, it just takes the power. And just converts it into into uh, into more power that would be used by by the head, by the ball head, which is basically a heating element. Like this whole thing is a heating element, hmm. and so this whole thing gets as hot as well. It's not as hot as you want it, but I think it, it reaches it can reach seven hundred and fifty Fahrenheit, which is extremely hot. So you see how this thing is. Uh, I think it's stainless steel now or titanium. Um. Yeah, one, one, one of them. Anyways, you see how it's uh, it's silver now. Mine is mine is uh, I think now is blue because that's how hot how hot it gets. Mm. Changes the color of the metal. Exactly. Yeah. So it changes the color of the metal, and it just yeah, it just it's a very very interesting uh, very interesting way of of vaporizing. So you put this thing on top of your water pipe, and you and you pull. See, and you see, you can see actually how much how much flour I have here. It's, all, yeah. it's completely spent, like it's it's burnt. Like if you, you, this is ABV, and you can't really produce any oils from here because it's completely spent. Right. You know, it's gonna. I mean, you could produce something, but it's it's not it's not gonna reach that. And I uh, see why it can't really be a portable device. Yeah. Because you know, there's so much going on, and you need both hands and. Uh, yeah, because you have to lower that on the bowl itself, and then you gotta be able to suck from one end and remove the bowl eventually. Yes. So it's you have to do all of those maneuvers and make sure that once you're done, you put the bowl head on top of the stand. Uh, otherwise, you're just gonna burn yourself. <laughs> mm. <laughs> You know, it's and so like the whole thing. If it's, it feels like a disaster waiting to happen, <laughs> but also like the best technology that I've seen in a very long time. And so the company that creates these uh, these injector vapes, or one company that I know of, and I have the, I just got, I, I got the V zero actually, a, a B zero a few weeks or months ago, weeks, uh, feels like forever, mm. and. Um, and yeah, it's my daily, my daily driver. It's 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 amazing. It's it's a it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> on Nintendo. It's awesome. Just, yeah, I would definitely. <laughs> I would definitely wait to be in your company if I wanted to try this. Um, yeah, it, it's something that I look forward to. Just oh, 
like dabbing, like a lot of other things that I can't really mess with on my own for obvious reasons, for safety reasons. And I'm kind of glad that I became a joint kind of guy because I'll be honest with you, I enjoyed bongs for a while and I enjoyed pipes, but... I, you know, at one point I realized I have to switch from glass to silicone. They still have glass bowls, like you get the bong, it's a glass bowl, but the bong itself is silicone or like, you know, water pipe and it would have glass bowl, but itself it's silicone. After a while, it just, it wasn't as enjoyable as, you know, lighting joint and smoking something uh, that I can, like like I said, I can control how much exactly I inhale and, you know, having it in my mouth. And, and, and yeah, just going back to, uh, to each their own, each their own. I mean, it's, it's so because this thing has become a daily driver, I kind of try to learn more about um, not just how it works, but how to maximize benefits from it i'll get to this point in a second back to why i always wanted to vaporize obviously obviously i said because i i was a i'm an ex-smoker and i don't want to go back to smoking cigarettes um i don't think that will ever happen but i don't want the slipper slope to be to start from just go, going into the, the habit of smoking so that's kind of like why i've always avoided anything that has to do with, with smoking and i think largely speaking most of people that hear about cannabis they beside the stigma that has that has uh, followed the plant for 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 a while now they think of smoking and smoking is bad and it's going to kill you therefore you're not going to do it so there is this whole stigma which is which has to do with smoking and then people end up taking edibles thinking that oh that's probably going to be uh, a better way to ingest cannabis, but then they don't realize how much is too much and take too much and have bad experiences and think that, oh, shit, the stuff that we heard uh, from the media all these years is right. And they would stop using cannabis. <laughs> that's, yeah. I, think, I think that's most people's first time experience. So please, dispensaries, if you're listening to this, educate your customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know way too many stories of somebody who underestimated their edibles and ended up tripping Paul. I'm like it metabolizing as much as many cannabinoids through your digestive system is not the same as, you know, smoking something to, to have some fun. If you, yeah. So kind of like the, because people have these bad experiences, they either get on the camp of, I'm never going to use cannabis ever again and try to tell everyone about my bad cannabis edible experience when I meet them. Or uh, they start to look into ways they can ingest cannabis in a more measurable way, which is which where vaporizers come in. I think vaporizers are easily a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, or it could be. I don't know. It's probably like in the hundreds of millions, but I'm pretty sure it could be a, an easily, easily multi-billion dollar industry because the potential for vaporizing cannabis is enormous. And technology hasn't evolved as much in this area just because people tend to do the easy or take the easy way out. And so if someone is starting a cannabis company, they're probably going to think about manufacturing 
uh, edibles or uh, growing or seeds or whatever, they're probably not going to think about, oh, how can I reinvent smoke? Or how can I reinvent the smoking experience by starting from a completely blank slate and not really relying on um, small improvements in vaporizers, for example, which which largely been been the case over the past ten years. You know, like vaporizers started or or portable devices started because uh, PAX did such a great job at their PAX one, and then they it just boomed from there, and the whole vaporizer industry exploded because of uh, nicotine vaporizing. And so, in a way, because there was so much money at nic- at building good vaporizers for nicotine. The technology or technology stack almost evolved in the same way for, to to support cannabis, except that not a lot of focus has been has been done there, just for obvious reasons. You know, you can sell nicotine vaporizers globally, you can sell cannabis vaporizers globally because, well, the cannabis is globally prohibited almost, <laughs> and so the market for cannabis innovation or cannabis vaporizing innovation is, I mean, remains small. And so, like, whenever I see these vaporizers and and uh, these innovations, I try to get close to them because it just these people are doing god's work and they're pushing some something that no one is wants to push and so yeah i support anyone that is that is innovating in this way there is a lot to be done oh i forgot one i forgot one vaporizer the dynavap have you have you heard of the dynavap i heard of it yeah because i was reading a lot of reviews about Portable vapes and, uh, you know, the best even desktop vapes. Because at one point I was like, I am smoking a lot and I am coughing a lot. So let me let me switch to vaporizing, start saving my my flower. I'll be able to use it for edibles afterwards because, uh, yeah, we didn't talk about this. When you vaporize your flower, you're not burning it. So after you're done vaporizing, it's basically been decarbed and it's ready to make edibles with. So I was like, oh yeah, oh, I'll be able to save a lot more on weed and it's going to be way better. I found out um, I'm a fan of the feeling of the smoke feeling, filling my lungs, I guess, or um, I don't know. I... I and I also felt like vaporizing kind of really made me kind of higher or you know I tasted more terps like I was able to hit more palates that I was not hitting with smoking I was like wait is my tolerance getting higher is you know and then uh after a while I just stopped doing it as much but I really want to try these injector vapes now. And I'm actually trying to find a good portable vape for me to use anywhere, you know? It's um, it's it's very hard to actually find portable vapes that hit in, in the way you expect. And I'll say why in a second. Um... So you mentioned you mentioned ABV, which is the remainder that stays after you vaporize the, the flower uh, using any method, either, either convection or conduction. When you decarb, which is decarboxylation, uh, you activate the cannabinoids and, and, and terpenes at that temperature. And so you have to hit a temperature of uh, 356 degrees 
in order for the decal process to happen, which basically means you, you have primed the plant to, uh, to be extracted. Basically, if you eat flour, if you eat raw flour, you won't get the effects that you would get from uh, eating flour that's been put in the oven for, for, for a while, for 356 degrees Fahrenheit, and then converted into butter or something, or eaten like that, right? And so, so here's the funny thing, or here's the interesting funny thing. Uh, 356 is, is basically what, what CBD would be, would be vaporized at. And so by decarbing the flour, you're, you're almost restricting that extraction to anything that's below CBD's boiling temperature, which means there are other things like humulin or linalol or THCV or CBC or CBG that boil at much higher temperatures that, won't, that will never get uh, to edible form from this method. Right? Yep, I follow so far. Um... And so, so, so from this, there's, there's an interesting point, which is if you look at the, all the research that's done in the cannabis uh, industry or all cannabis studies that, that are done, you find that cannabis has different effects on people depending, depending on the study that you look at. The problem with that is those studies use very, very specific vaporizing methods or complete extracts. And so basically, they almost never look at the full spectrum of, of the plant. Because in order to get to full spectrum of the plant, you have to vaporize every single compound that you find in the plant but also you end up then with the problem of every single plant in the cannabis world is very different from the, from the next plant because there are different strains and each strain has different cannabinoids and terpenes and those hit differently. So it's almost like doing cannabis studies doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, like, this is the point that I wanted to demonstrate here. Cannabis studies or cannabis research doesn't make sense because it never looks at the broad spectrum of every single cannabinoid and terpene that's found in the plant. And so instead of doing cannabis research, people should actually focus on doing research for different cannabinoids and terpenes and interactions between each other and how basically to get to them from flower or how to vaporize them or how to breed flowers that, that have uh, certain combinations of cannabinoids and terpenes. And so like it's almost the, the broader question is, how can we genetically modify the plant not to increase levels of THC, which we talked about in the last episode, but in order to bring more, pro, more or different profiles of the plant depending on the the effects or 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 the the things that the the person is uh, the, or the consumer is looking for. So if you want to look for uh, anti-inflammation cannabis, you would go to anti-inflammatory cannabis category, and that would be uh, cannabis that's specifically bred for your condition. So now, in order to answer the question of what's the cannabis profile that that is specific for your condition then you have to ask, um, how can you create different studies of different cannabis strains that focus on different conditions and basically extrapolate uh, or uh, deduct um, um, conclusions from there? This was, this was a weird rabbit hole that I got us into. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it's just one of those that it's going to create even a lot more thinking into uh m might even get back to it eventually 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we will. So you said before that I know more science, but I, but I think the sci science itself doesn't doesn't matter because you have more practice and more experience with this. And so kind of when I run ideas by you, it's mo it's almost like, hey, does this idea or does my experience follow your your experience? So it's I love that we have that complementarity between the science and and practice here. Yeah. Uh, because so because you mentioned vaping hits higher. And I remember actually one of the one of the reasons why I, I started looking for a higher than four hundred thirty one degree extraction, because um, I uh, I said that I discovered THCV and CBG and those boil at higher temperature, but then I realized something something weird, which is whenever I smoke cannabis or when I when I tried vaporizing something, or I mentioned I think two episodes ago how I go about picking a uh, picking a flower um i would use the uh, large amounts and then small amounts and then try to figure out like how i can narrow down the thing that i did not mention is i try to do it for different um ingestion methods and so mostly smoke, smoking vaping at different temperatures and then uh now it's injector vape and so the idea is to get uh, to get a, a broad or broad understanding of the substance that I'm consuming, I have to kind of look at it from different from different angles by consuming it in different settings and uh, in different or changing those variables. But and so what I noticed was whenever I smoke the the flower, I get actually more I don't want to say more focused, but I don't feel munchies and I don't feel the couch look high, no matter what. If I smoke is well, I don't want to say like it's always the case. Whether it's it's, it's a uh, it's a it's a it's an uplifting plant or, or or a downing plant, but in almost all cases, for at least the strains that I that I enjoy, the effect was way more pronounced without the side effects. And so the question was like, why the hell is that the case? I, I, because from again from experience, whenever I the, the temperature, the higher you go. The more, the uh, the more couch locky and the more uh, the more anesthetic the the plant becomes, and so kind of that is scientifically that's what's that's what's that's what that's what's commonly known about cannabis, and so whenever you ask someone like hey like when you vaporize like yeah like as long as you stay below three hundred and eighty or three seventy you're fine because you're not gonna get to couch lock uh, as the temperatures go higher I'm like okay sure that's like whenever you you read research papers or or you're on the interwebs, that's that's what every single vaporizer or uh, uh, vaporizing user says. Uh, but again, my experience was was different, and so I kind of tried to get to the bottom of why. And and the why was that there are actually cannabinoids that are at higher that start to boil at much higher temperatures than 431, whose effect counterbalances. Um, uh, counterbalances the bad effects of cannabis for me. And so kind of bro broadly, the idea is I realized that there is actually a sweet spot when it comes to uh, to the couch lock effects of cannabis. And that happens if you extract everything but the the compounds that are counteractive to those compounds, to the couch locky compounds. It's almost like when you say uh, if you combine THC and CBD to one, on a one-to-one -one ratio, uh, they counterinteract, and so like you don't feel the psychoactive effects of THC as much, right? Uh, and so similarly, there are 
there are compounds that almost counter counter effect or counteract with um, those compounds that boil at those those slightly high temperature for vaporizers, but then they the the counteractive compounds they start to boil at a much much higher temperatures. So in order to get to the thing that's gonna remove the couch lock effect that I would get if I vaporize at 430 degrees, I would need to actually vaporize at 710 degrees. And so that's where where I realized that injector extraction is at least for the things that I'm looking for, is way more powerful because I get to extract as much as I can from the cannabis plant without burning it, which means that just in terms of preserving flour, I would probably use 10% of what I would use if I were smoking to get to the same exact effect. Maybe 20%. <laughs> so yeah, that's because you mentioned vaping hits higher and I had to go back to this, to this point of... Uh, why vaping hits higher. It's, it hits higher because it doesn't extract the whole plant, which is a very counterintuitive, counterintuitive conclusion actually to come to. But it still makes me think that I should be vaporizing more. Just in, 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 if only to save some flour, to not consume as much and yeah. be able to use some for edibles. I think... Um, the next frontier when it comes to to injector vapes or when it comes to vapes or cannabis vaporizers overall is I think figuring out how to build safer injector vapes. And what I mean by that is imagine a, if you have a desktop vaporizer that functions um, as an injector vape except that you don't get to actually touch anything. Because the, the danger when it comes to injector vapes is the moment you, I don't know, like you pass out or sleep or whatever, and you forget the heating element active or you forget the, the rod in your bong, then, well, that's fire hazard, right? And so if you're not really, really, really on top of your shit, injector vapes are, are really dangerous. Um, but they're also beautiful, you know, like... Uh, it's it's the best extraction that you can find. And so in a way, we are almost at the point where we finally have something that looks like the perfect device. Well, the perfect device is a device that respects cannabis as a plant, which means that you're, you're not going to mess with the original composition of the plant. You know, I don't think I've tried vaporizing at much lower temperatures and just to not get high or get the effect of high and whatnot. And I was like, you know what, this is, this is good. But for me, what I'm looking for is I want to consume the whole plant. Similar to how I eat an orange, uh, I remove the peels and I eat the inside, but I don't remove the peel inside the orange, you know, the skin that's wrapping the orange. I'm like, no, I, I want to eat the whole thing and extract as much as, much as I can from, from the plant. Because otherwise, it's just a waste of, of, uh, of plants, I guess. You know? like I, I, feel, I feel bad for everyone that vaporizes not the entire plant, thinking that they actually took advantage of the whole plant. Because, I, again, there are compounds and that vaporize at much higher temperatures than combustion that are almost never studied because they are very hard to extract or very hard to find out in the wild. Um, and so you end up with this chicken and egg problem, which is no, nobody is going to sell CBG flour or THCV flour in dispensaries because there are no vaporizers that reads 
reach uh, CBG or THCV uh, uh, boiling point. You know, you know what I mean? So because there, there are no devices that can do that, or most of the devices that people use when they consume cannabis flower, they can't reach those, those temperatures. Those flowers are just going to be a flop. They won't even be developed because they, there are no devices that can get to them. Which is not then, something that I actually thought about before now. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. I never thought of that. Yeah, so I don't know. I feel like weed has this stigma that's carrying it, but also the stigma is not just the cannabis stigma. It's stigma for cannabis, but also stigma for combustion. Um, I think similar to how kind of like we revisited cannabis as society, and now finally people are waking up and like, oh yeah, there's actually a lot of people are benefiting from that, and uh, and we should look at combustion. Because the link between combustion and bad things happening in your body are still kind of TBD. And depending on who you ask, uh, you might find uh, some, like a professor that says there is absolutely no danger in combustion cannabis for um, uh, as it relates to lung cancer. I have to find the quote, but it's something that I read yesterday. And I was, I was kind of surprised. I was like, what? No, that's, that's not the case. Anything that's, that combusts causes cancer. And so it's almost like I have to revisit my understanding of the link between combustion and cancer uh, or combustion and what's bad for your lungs. But then when you look at it like from a different angle, it's almost like um, what's more important in your case? Is it your lung, uh, your lung health or your overall health? You know, because I, I think the, the stigma behind combustion is... is uh, hurting progress you know like it's hurting progress when it comes to when it comes to research and combustion when it comes to research research and cannabis when it comes to pretty much anything that the cannabis industry does and so like you don't you end up with with breeders not looking at breeding uh flowers or or making products that that uh, have these these compounds or reach these just because there aren't a lot of uh, vaporizers that can reach these temperatures and no one wants to smoke cannabis anymore. Uh, or the one, or the ones that smoke that, they would just walk into a dispensary and ask for a pre-roll, which, I mean, cool, but I, I don't know if that's something that they would do over and over and over again without either converting into a cannabis connoisseur and understanding there is more to the pre-roll than meets the eye, or just completely, completely realizing that's not for them and they would drop off as a potential consumer of cannabis or benefactor of cannabis. <laughs> Dude, the whole stigma, like you said, because, you know, combustion, smoking is bad. Smoking is bad for you. Let's say smoking is bad for you. And let's just go with what everybody knows today. Anything that burns and goes through your lungs is going to hurt your lungs. Dude, how about if I am trying to hurt my lungs because it makes me feel so much better in so many other different ways. What business is it of yours to tell me that I should not hurt my lungs? Like nobody is telling people don't, you know, I'm there's, there's so many examples. I'm, I'm not even gonna get into them, but like combustion, as you explained so far, combustion 
cannot be really replicated with any other way to consume it. So, like, the stigma against weed that just comes from smoking, if you're smoking, then it's bad for your health. Um, eventually, I'm hoping is going to change because uh, a lot of people do a lot of things that hurt them and make their life so much better in so many different ways that society doesn't even look at anymore. And I can think of a few examples of those. I'm just hoping that it's going to reach a point where it's going to become like that for cannabis too, because we need it. It's, um, I think it's a cycle. It's a, it's a weird cycle because right now the equivalent to smoking doesn't really exist. Like even, I don't know, like doom scrolling on social media is as close as you could, you can get to, uh, to consuming, uh, to, to smoking, I guess. But at the same time, I don't think there needs to be a stigma with regards to anything. As long as you do whatever the hell you want to do and you're not hurting anyone, I don't think anybody has the right to stigmatize anyone else. Um, but that's, again, that's personal philosophy. doesn't need to apply to, to everyone, um, which Again, for, for me, just I deduct that smoking is not something that I should completely dismiss, which I did for a very long time, and I was wrong. And um, if you're listening and you dismiss smoking, this is no encouragement to smoke. Injector vapes are pretty good. Because the moment you hit 710 Fahrenheit, I don't think you can, you can extract anything else uh, beside fire. <laughs> so, yeah. Injector vapes, good. Uh, industry or uh, even cannabis hardware, the company that makes these injector vapes and the B0 is their latest edition, uh, which is my daily driver. They're really good. They need to, in but I think they really need to innovate where it matters, which is make this thing accessible for more people. Because you know, I feel like whenever I hype up injector vapes for you, Nameless, I, I, feel, I feel really bad because I, in a way, I'm setting you on the idea of, hey, this is, this is a very good way to extract cannabis and use cannabis and you're going to save on your flower and yada, yada. But at the same time, like shit, you can't actually use it physically um, without burning the house down. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's weird because like, I, I just want to make this, this point clear. I'm hyping it up for listeners, um, but I'm just explaining it to you. And yeah, hopefully I'll fly down there and we get to use it together. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, soon, soon, soon future. Yeah, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a really good experience. Cause you know, the only time I've I dabbed is when someone was able to help me dab. Cause you know, to hit the banger with the torch and get it so hot, and then have to inhale from it so close to my face that. Mm -hmm not something i'm capable of but yeah in good company i actually enjoy these experiences so i'm looking forward to it cool yeah same here wow um yeah we started talking about coughing and then went into lack of oxygen and correlation with capacity and then vaping hits higher the reasons and we talked mm -hmm. about boiling points and different cannabinoids and terpenes and yada yada and smoking uh combustion versus vaping and injector vapes and wow that we covered a lot of ground it, it was interesting because it was linked to 
the previous conversation last week where we talked about cannabinoids and terpenes and, and so on. And so now we added the variable of temperature. Like these cannabinoids and terpenes don't exist in vacuum. They are actually linked with a factor of temperature. And so the cannabis as a plant exists as as a beautiful spectrum of of things. Um, so depending on what the what the consumer wants, they can um, they can get to a vape or consume the plant with with intent, like knowing what they're getting themselves into, which cannabinoids and which terpenes they're they're looking for. Or if you just randomly use cannabis and you feel like, oh my god, this is this plant is amazing. Just go back and look at what cannabinoids and what terpenes it contains, and practically any other plant with a similar profile would have similar effects on you. You know? Yeah. What it comes down to is cannabis, you just have to try to try a bunch of things and stick with the stuff that you like as long as you understand how to get back to it. Yeah, replicate those good experiences. Uh, one of my best experiences, which we haven't really touched up on, we've only been talking about smoking and vaping, uh, is metabolizing through digestive system, is edibles, eating your cannabis. Um, it's obviously a lot more medical. It's not as recreational as one might think, even though edibles are such a huge product now at dispensaries, uh, all kinds of candy and gummies and lollipops and whatnot. Um, what I eat is a full spectrum cannabis oil, full extract cannabis oil, referred to as FECO, F-E-C-O, or RSO, Rick Simpson, uh, is is the first person who did it, uh, who made this oil in, with this method. Uh, what it involves, it involves uh, extracting all cannabinoids using ethanol, grain, alcohol. What I use is 190 proof. And then the, the solution is put in like a double boiler or in a... Uh, a crock pot or a rice cooker and then the alcohol evaporates and what remains is like it's basically like the one i have right now is 86 percent thc um this stuff is really really strong uh very very uh psychoactive to a point um but the physical relief is way more than anything else. Like right now, I barely even feel anything as far as my head or my thoughts process. But like physical relief is immediate. Like I'm able to, I can, I can move better. I can eat, you know, I have appetite. I'm more relaxed, like my muscle spasms, they calm down, nerve pain comes down. I'm able to go to the bathroom. I'm able to do some physical therapy and, you know, move around the house, clean out after the cats, feed them. Uh, and it really increases my range of motion too. Like I'm able to reach further and grab more things that I wouldn't be able uh, under normal circumstances and 
this is an experience that not everybody is going to have eating this medication. Uh, I eat like half a meal to one meal per day of full extract cannabis oil. So my tolerance is super high, but I think this is a type of medication that really has to build up in your body. Don't expect to just eat one dab of RSO and miraculously feel better. Like you would have to do it over a certain period of time every day. I do it every day religiously. It's been years now. Um, and even when they recommend it to cancer patients, like they put them on really high dose RSO to be eaten every day. And you would think that that amount would just instantly knock anyone out for a really long period of time. And that's what happens with those patients, you know, patients on chemotherapy and stuff like that. They need that sedation and it really works. It really makes you feel so much better. Um, this oil is not accessible in so many parts of the world, I think everybody needs to experience this oil because I know there's so many millions of people out there, especially older generation who are suffering and they do not want to experiment with, with this substance just for the fear of being high. but. It, it really provides so much physical relief as someone with several chronic conditions that the getting high side effect should not even be an issue because everyone is so used to so many side effects from pharmaceutical drugs, just feeling a little bit, you know, giggly or sleepy or like, you know, feel in tune. It's not a big deal. It's really I've been dealing with really bad shoulder pain for the past couple of couple of weeks and cannabis helps. I mean, obvious, but got to say it. Cannabis helps. And yesterday it hit me that the shoulder pain that I'm dealing with is actually genetic because my parents, well, my mom and my grandpa and uh, a bunch of my uncles all have the same exact shoulder pain in their right shoulder. And I was like, oh shit, this is this is exactly what's what's happening to me. So I was like, okay, so I have those those genes. That's cool. And that's when it hit me, oh shit. Like all these people can have such a better quality of life if they have access to cannabis. And now you're talking and thinking, I'm thinking about my well, my parents are super old and uh they're they're soon gonna start to decompose. And for them, I think they don't think about quality of life the way I think about it. Or I think like most people think about it. They think of quality of life as that is exactly what you need, what needs to happen to you when you get old. You got to fucking decompose and stay in bed until you're dead. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that every single person deserves to, to be happy until their last moment. Even if that means including cannabis, even if that means including drugs, drugs are very scary, but what's scarier is having really, 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 really bad last 10 or 20 years of your life. 
I think when it comes to drug legalization overall, people don't think about different generations. And I think that's the point you really touched on that hit a nerve with me. They don't think about the uh, younger generation that's, that's growing up and they're doing... The, I mean, every young generation does drugs. I was unlucky as a, as a young person that I have never done drugs, but I know that every single generation people do do drugs at certain point in their in their in their uh, in their growing up phase and and so we don't think we don't think about about those people now we don't think about people in high school because if we don't have anyone in high school and so unless you have someone that goes to high school high school drug problems are not your business but we also don't think about older generations we don't think about um Grandparents. I mean, if we don't have grandparents, we can't think about grandparents. I, I have one grandmother that's still alive, and that's why I, I have that in mind. Uh, but yeah, if someone doesn't have grandparents, really old people is not, is not that big of a deal for you. Well, except if you are one, uh, in which case, uh, hi, uh, we love you. Uh, come say hi. We can take actually messages and stuff from anchor.fm slash tuned community. So yeah, unless you have someone in your entourage that could be affected either positively or negatively by drugs, these questions of drug legalization and impact on overall society are no one's business. Um, because those people don't, don't know that they have access to this. You know, like my parents don't know shit about drugs. They think that drugs are bad and that's uh, on me to change. That's going to be for another time. Uh, they think, yeah, I mean, like my, my plan is to just do uh, 10 episodes here and just send them the whole thing. Like, hey, just FYI, if you're interested to hear about this. And there's going to be a podcast episode about their reaction. <laughs> uh, the, so yeah, we don't think about the younger generation. We don't think about the older generation. We don't think about uh, people like Nameless that's combating multiple sclerosis and benefits from cannabis. We don't think about others the same way we think about how this thing affects us or how we think it affects us. And so we default on what the media and what society tells us at large. And basically society tells you, Cannabis is bad, drugs are bad, uh, smoking is bad, and therefore you're just going to create a, an understanding of the universe that's actually not yours. The problem with um, the, this conversation about drug legalization and, and, and so on is, is it's, it's a, I think it's a conversation beyond the stigma and beyond whether drugs are good or bad and for whom. It's, it's actually a conversation about having empathy. It's a conversation about understanding that for something that everyone says is, is wrong, there might actually be something, there might be some people, granted, it's, a, it's, gonna, it's always going to be a minority, that are deriving happiness and satisfaction and, and whatever from, from that. Um, my cat is really crying for food now. I'm we, can, we can wrap it up here. Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, we. I did talk about edibles and the benefit of, you know, this this method of metabolizing cannabinoids through the stomach. Um, but I think we we spoke about everything. Um, the vaporizing versus smoking. Um, I wanted to ask you about that. Because you did mention one time you went on Reddit to read about vaporizing and immediately people started t telling you that right. smoking is just bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's a very very common misconception, I guess. Uh, but it really boils down to the same thing again: to each their own. Do your research. Uh, follow your own experiences. Try different things. Try you an error. See what works for you and stick to that. Like you said, try to replicate it and reach that same result every time. Right. And you mentioned also Cohen RSO. And so those are fruit extraction oils, which means that because you're extracting using grain alcohol or ethanol or something, you're you don't need temperature to extract those molecules. The ethanol is basically just going gonna, is, is gonna to solve those molecules or extract them from the plant, and you boil the, the thing, ethanol vaporizes, and what you're left with is, is pure RSO. And that's why it's, the full spectrum basically comes from this, the, that temperature spectrum. That's actually what the, the, the full spectrum refers to. Is that if you have a full spectrum of cannabinoids and terpenes, it just means that the oil was extracted at a much fuller spectrum of, of profiles. Um, but yeah, this was this was a very 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 good conversation. This this is a topic actually that's been that's been in mind for for a very long time. I'm glad we we got to brainstorm and discuss it uh, here. Uh, yeah, and always... there's, there's aspects of it that I'm sure we're gonna be right covering in future episodes. Absolutely. If someone is listening, wants to add more information, wants to correct us, you're always welcome. Um, just reach out to us. Please subscribe and share the, the podcast to your friends, your family, to anyone that might benefit or might have counter arguments. Uh, I'll try to do that on Reddit and go back to that thread and be like, hey, by the way, there is an alternate view of the word uh, and I can't wait for all the backlash. Um, nameless, thanks again, bro, for joining me. Uh, stay cool. Stay tuned. You too, man. Stay tuned. Yeah, I've been using that expression more and more. Everybody's starting to pick up on it. So cool. Stay tuned.